Thank you for listening to this message from the First United Methodist Church of Lyons in Lyons, Georgia. We hope you find it inspirational and meaningful. We invite you to join us in worship Sundays at 11 a.m. or 5 p.m. We are located at 126 East Wesley Avenue in Lyons, Georgia. You can learn more about the Lyons First United Methodist Church at www.lyonsfumc.org. That's L-Y-O-N-S-F-U-M-C dot O-R-G. And now, may you be blessed as you listen to today's message. We are in my final sermon series as your pastor, the second of three. Next Sunday will be my last Sunday in the pulpit. Uh, I'm thankful to Michael Lane, who will uh, bring the message on June 10th. And so you all mark your calendars. Michael has always done a wonderful job in sharing the word, and so I'm thankful for you. The last official day of uh, our appointment here will be Wednesday, June 13th. And after that, you'll have the joy on June 17th, that's Sunday, uh, to welcome Brother Tom and his family, Brother Tom Anderson, on their first Sunday. And so as we come to the close of this chapter in our relationship together, I I am continually drawn uh, to the way that the Apostle Paul ends his letters to his friends in the Bible. It's always ending with a blessing. Always with a blessing. Now, there's variations in the way that Paul words these things, uh, but, but say the ending of 2 Timothy gives us a pretty solid and representative framework. He says this, Grace be with you. Amen. Grace be with you. I think that's a great ending, to offer grace and to wish a blessing upon each other. And so during this uh, sermon series, that's, that's really what our goal is, to say goodbye, to end well, and to offer one another blessings. To offer one another blessings. Because the way that we end a thing really directly affects how we'll start the next thing. And so we want to do that well. And so today I have before to offer you a simple yet vitally important charge. Keep your focus. Keep your focus. So I invite you to hear the words of Scripture from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. We'll be reading verses 1 through 3. I invite you to hear the word of the Lord. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be directly from you, captivated by your Holy Spirit, and filled with the grace and words for life and ministry. We seek to honor you in these words and all we do. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. So I wonder, does anybody have beach plans this summer? I know somebody have already had beach plans. Maybe you'd rather not talk about those anymore, but... Does anybody have beach plans? That's what I'm talking about. 
I was, I, I was figuring if nothing else, I'd get, I'd get a hill in this, uh, a hill to scream out in this one. You may not go to the beach this week because it's going to rain all week, but we got beach plans. It's time to think about the beach. Here's how it normally goes for us. So uh, we'll travel somewhere with a car load. I mean, we go to the beach with the cars filled more than when we go just anywhere else. We got towels. We carry this stuff down the boardwalk. Uh, this is the great thing about going to the beach when you have kids. When before you could just throw your towel over, maybe a football or frisbee, you'd run down there. No, no, you got to unload in the wagon. And you've got to have a special wagon, too. You can't have any wagon. It's got to be a special wagon with big tires. And you lug all this stuff down the boardwalk with all the kids until you've got towels, you've got an umbrella, you have everything that Nora Mae has ever owned in her entire life because she might need it, and you go down to the beach. Somebody knows what I'm talking about over here. <laughs> and then you, you park, you find a spot, you set it all up, and it looks like the Taj Mahal over there. It's like yard sale. It's everything. And then most of the time, sometime, uh, what we'll do is uh, take the boys and we'll go out and play in the water. Not my favorite thing, but I do it for them. We go out and play in the water. So we run in there, play in the waves and splish splashing and wrestling and maybe throwing a frisbee or whatever. And it's time for a break to get some water. So we're ready to get out. Uh, and so we get out of the water and we, we go straight back, try to go straight back to our Taj Mahal for a snack or whatever. Only it's not there. It's not there. It was right there when we got in the water, but when we got out of the water, it's not right there anymore. It's gone. But it's not gone. Nobody stole it. Nobody moved it. We moved, and we didn't even know it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You're playing in the water. While we were focused on playing in the water and catching some waves and all this stuff, the current was carrying us slowly down the beach. We lost our focus on the Taj Mahal over here, and we ended up way over here. And we emerged and had no idea where we were. Taj Mahal tomorrow is all the way over here. So <laughs> we lost our focus. We're carried by the tide to a place we didn't really intend to be. Here's, here's the word for you, my friends. We've got to keep our focus. We've got to keep our focus. Another thing, yeah, uh, I was looking at the news earlier this month, and uh, Georgia Governor Nathan Deal signed a new law uh, this past week, I believe it was. It's called the hands-free law. One that probably everybody would agree with. Starting July 1st, it's illegal to hold your phone in your hand while driving. Because for far too many times, people have lost their focus on the road while fidgeting and fiddling with their phones and caused serious, horrible accidents that result in death and injuries. So this new law is intended to do what? To compel us to keep our focus on the road. My friends, we've got to keep our focus And so the writer of Hebrews, taking a biblical note, compares the the life of faith as a race. He says, run this race, but there will be things that hinder you and entangle you and slow you down. And so the writer of Hebrews encourages us to throw off all of those things that would take our focus away and do what? Fix our eyes on Jesus. Fix our eyes on Jesus. Run the race of faith. Run the race of your life with your eyes firmly fixed on Jesus. Turn your focus away from the distractions and the snares that keep our focus on other things and fix them, fix them. Keep your focus. On who? On Jesus. Keep your focus. In times of transition and change, we can so easily get caught up in the currents of everything and end up way down the beach. In times 
of transition and focus, we can turn our attention to the flurry of change and look up only to see danger straight ahead or something we didn't expect. In other words, really, transition and change, they tempt us to turn our gaze from the one thing that matters, and that's Jesus. And during this time of pastoral transition, there are a variety of distractions that could lead us to lose our focus. I want to share a few things about that with you. Just a few of those potential distractions. Last week, we talked about the power of our feelings during times of change. If you didn't catch that, it's on the website. You might want to read that. The reality is no matter what you feel about a thing, whether you're happy, sad, excited, indifferent, feelings are strong. They really drive a lot. Feelings really drive a lot. They get into our, what they call the lizard brain or the automatic brain, and they shut off our rational thinking, and we end up doing things based on our feelings. Feelings can be a way that we lose our focus on Christ. When we grieve, loss, or change, we inevitably will turn all of our focus inward because there's hurt there or loss there or pain there. At the same time, even if you're excited about something, we can focus all of our attention on that. And you should be excited, and it's wonderful to be excited because this stuff is good. But while it's important that we recognize how we feel and we tend to ourselves when we are uh, not doing so well, I'd encourage you, no matter the feelings, to always remember the words of this passage of Scripture. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus no matter what you may feel about transitions in the church and congregation. Another way that we can lose focus during this transition is to try to uh, somehow utilize the dizziness of the next few weeks where things will be kind of happening here and there and we're getting a new pastoral leadership and pastoral leadership is transitioning out. We can utilize that either to kind of sneak away quietly from our church responsibilities. Nobody will notice. Or we can try to leverage that transition to try to make the church look like we've always wanted it to look because there's nobody there to keep watch and we'll short-circuit our church leadership and just kind of get where we want to get. And both of these things are destructive. And they speak to a focus on yourself and not on a focus on Jesus Christ. The church is counting on you, for one, to remember that you agreed to be responsible for some ministry in the church. Counting on you to remember that that's about keeping your eyes on Jesus and to carry out your service like you said you would. Talking to those of you who have various roles and leadership and responsibilities in the congregation. It's just so easy in times like this to slip, slip it aside. But if you need to make a change in your responsibilities in the church, sometimes people need to do that. It's perfectly fine. No problem. Just don't do it in the quiet and in the dark. Bring it to the light. Share that with your church leadership. Share that with your new pastor so that you can keep your focus on Christ and help the entire church to do the same. Keep your focus on Jesus. Similarly, folks may be tempted to take advantage of the transition to get things done the way they've always wanted it to get done. Without regard to the processes that our church leadership has put into place uh, or the leadership themselves. I'm going to get to the new guy before anybody else does so I can tell him how it really is and how it really should be before anybody else gets a chance to do it. 
There's the old preacher's adage. It's not really true, but uh, there's something that rings true. Then they always say, beware the very first person who drives up the parsonage driveway with something to tell you. (laughs) Now, here's the deal. Trust me, your new pastor and your church want to hear your voice, and your voice is important about the way that things work in our family life together. But working in a manipulative kind of way is a sure sign, sure as anything that you've lost your focus on Jesus and put it square on yourself. Keep your focus. Another way that we can lose our focus on Jesus is to put our focus on the pastor, either me or on Brother Tom coming in. Now, I remember when my parents got married. I do remember that. I was there, actually. Uh, I was five And I had the honor of walking my mother down the aisle, which she probably thoroughly regrets because all of the pictures prove that I was picking both nostrils at the same time the entire (laughs) wedding. And there I am up there. Michael, I still do it today. (laughs) Both. (laughs) I remember, I do remember this, walking down the aisle with my mom, straight up the aisle in that Presbyterian church, Uh, And I was looking at, the pastor was right there in the middle. It happens at weddings. The pastor's right there in the middle. And he was wearing one of those, um, is it Charles Stanley wears the gray robe? He was wearing one of those stately gray robes. And he was looking all holy and righteous and everything. And I was just convinced when I was five years old that that man was God. I didn't have a church background. I had no idea. I thought that man was God. In fact, for the longest time, anytime somebody talked about God, I didn't get the Michelangelo's uh, God and Adam old man image in my head. The first thing I thought about was that preacher in his gray robe and his parted hair standing right there at my mother's wedding. I thought, and I was sure that he was God, but he wasn't. I know it's just a child's thing, but he was just a pastor. He was just a man. And if you haven't figured this out yet, I'm going to shatter your illusions. Pastors ain't nothing special. Pastors ain't nothing special. Our prayers are no more effective than your prayers. We don't have a direct line to God any more than you have a direct line of God. You see, Jesus took care of that for everybody, not just for pastors. We are simply men and women of faith called to a particular vocation in the same way that you are called to your particular vocation. Sometimes, when people's focus drifts from Jesus onto a departing pastor, they might feel a a little temptation to stop coming to church because it won't be the same. And I've heard that from some of y'all. Nothing would break my heart more than to discover that you took your eyes off of Jesus on my account. Nothing would break my heart more than to discover that you took your eyes off Jesus on my account. My heart is to build up the body of Christ, not to draw people into a fan club of my own. And so I I just need to tell you, stay, for those of you who might have your focus on the pastor. I may be departing, but Jesus is staying right here. Run the race towards God, not your pastor or any other person. And I assure you, Brother Tom is a fantastic and wonderful man, and he will serve God, and you will love him. Similarly, many people count on a new pastor to do things that only Jesus can do. They'll look to the new pastor to solve all their problems, to single-handedly fill the bank account, fill the pews, 
reach every age group, and still get you out by noon. That's a recipe for disappointment. If you want to be disappointed, go ahead and do that. I promise you it'll work every time. Because those are things that Jesus does. And Jesus uses the entire church to do them. And so keep your eyes on Jesus while you love and walk beside Brother Tom as your new pastor. Don't lose your focus. Don't lose your focus. And I've got to remember the same thing. I really do. Do you remember, um, this was back in the 90s and early 2000s, the the Christian book that took the world by storm was The Purpose Driven Life. Do you all remember this? Rick Warren? Uh, For a period of time, next to the Bible, it was the best-selling book of all time. Uh, for a little while there, which is a super interesting thing. Does anybody remember the first line? It it goes like this. So the whole world wanted this book, and it opens with this line, it is not about you. It's not about me. It's not about anybody but Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus, and the reason that I give my whole life to this calling, the reason that Brother Tom gives his life to this calling is about the glory of Jesus Christ, nothing else. Remember this, there is one Savior, one Messiah, one Lord of all, and it's not you, and it's not your pastor, it's Jesus. And Jesus doesn't come into the building with you, doesn't come into the building with your pastor, Jesus doesn't leave the building when you leave the building, Jesus doesn't leave the church when a pastor leaves the church. Jesus is the one. Keep your focus on Jesus, who is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And let us keep our focus on him so we never think that we are what he is. For we are his children and his followers. The book of Hebrews reminds us of some of the reason that we keep our focus on Jesus. Hebrews reminds us that Jesus is the pioneer of our faith. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the pioneer of our faith, Hebrews says. This whole thing started with him. All things were created in him, through him, and for him. He is the one who called us into salvation. He is the reason this whole thing exists. He is the reason this church exists. And all his purposes are the only purposes that matter in all of the world. My friends, keep your focus. Hebrews also reminds us that Jesus is the perfecter of our faith. All things end in him. He is the Alpha and the Omega. That's Greek alphabet, y'all. That's like A and Z. He is the first and the last. He is the beginning and the end. And by the, all things, by the end, the scriptures tell us that all things will bow at his feet. He is the one who brings goodness, wholeness, and perfections. Let us all keep our focus. Because it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Every single thing that we do, it's all about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And so I offer to you these same words from the Apostle Paul. It's really not set for this only, but is a good word for us to hear during this time. Let us throw off everything that hinders, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Keep our focus and grace be with you. Amen.